Thank you all for tuning in. Welcome to the Q with Q. It is me, your host, Quentin R. Giles, or Q. Uh, and today I'm very excited. I'm going to be talking to Mr. Quentin Wilkes, who is running for uh, uh, mayor of Fairland. And as you can see, it looks a little different in my background right now. But as you all know, I keep it very real and authentic. I had to run and take my grandmother to a doctor's appointment. So while she's getting checked out by the doctor, we're going to be doing the work here in the car while we talk to Quentin. So thank you, Quentin, again for being here. Uh, uh, introduce yourself to the people. Yeah, so while she's getting checked out, uh, I'll get checked out as well. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so my, my name is Quentin Wiltz, and I'm a, a resident of Pearland, Texas. Uh, we're a, sub, a suburb of Houston uh, and one of the largest cities in uh, Brazoria County, uh, most populated. We have about 130,000 people officially. And so I am, as Quentin mentioned, Quentin Wiltz. So right. So Q with Q with Q. <laughs> Uh, right, right. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> right? uh, I'm running for mayor in Pearland. And yeah. what that means to a lot of people is that, um, you know, we are at a significant point in our city's history. Um, you know, the city's been around for 125 years. Uh, there's been a lot of changes since that time, specifically yeah. in the last 20 years with the growth, the explosion of population, yeah. the explosion of uh, people, of cultures. And so that goes without saying that, uh, in the last 125 years, uh, there's never been a person of color uh, to occupy this role. So, yeah, a lot yeah. of history been made here in this election. That's 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 um, I think that's really encouraging that you are standing in the gap um, and, you know, letting us know that in the city's history, you you would be, you know, the first if you happen to win mayor. Hashtag it's time as we see. <laughs> we, we like the campaign slogan. So uh, we, me and you have talked before, uh, full disclosure sure. uh, to the audience. We've talked before. And the last time we talked, I just wanted to just round back on it so that everyone can uh, kind of get cued in into what, what we were talking about. We, we mentioned George Floyd um, and George Floyd has been laid to rest in Pearland. Correct. Um, and so with with we know the movement of uh, Black Lives Matter uh, against police brutality is not a new thing. Right. Uh, this is work that people have been doing for years and years and years, even going back to the civil rights um, era, uh, you know, R.I.P. John Lewis. Um, and with but what I want to know is with you running uh, for mayor in Pearland and George Floyd, who kind of was an unintended martyr for this new uh, uh energized movement that is still taking place to this day we're still having protests portland oregon is on day 53 of sure. protests since the george floyd murder what does that mean for you and the community of pearland uh with him being his final his body's final resting place being in the city what what does that do uh for you and what is that what is what type of energy is that bringing to your campaign and things that you want to see accomplished centered around police uh brutality and misconduct yeah, so no, that that there's a lot to unpackage uh, with yeah. with when people say George Floyd, uh, there's a lot to unpackage because it's not really just him as a person, as a person of color, uh, trying to make it in a society that has yet come to grasp uh, fully the effects of human trafficking, yeah. Jim Crow, um, and uh, chattel slavery in this country for 400 years. And so all of these things are culminating in what we see today in civil unrest. Um, yeah. By no means does uh, me or I think anyone in this world uh, would condone violence. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's uh, Dr. King uh, has, has put it so eloquently uh, in, in summary that, you know, um, these riots are the voice 
of the hopeless, our, our mm-hmm. people experiencing. And, and you know, in, in some ways, I think it's unfair for people who react in an, an in an other than nonviolent way uh, to be characterized as villains or uh, mm-hmm. people who are are cruel, uh, because this country was founded on violence and a, a, a violent revolt, revolt against uh, tyrannical oppression. Right. And I think people need to truly relate uh, what happened then uh, to what's going on now. And it's people who feel like they're being oppressed by in whatever means of government. And whether you believe right or wrongly as to the cause, I yeah. think ultimately we must open up and understand and create the dialogue. And George Floyd being laid to rest in Pearland has even opened up some um, some wounds, I guess, uh, locally. Uh, because oh. Well, Pearland, Pearland itself originated from a very small town. Mm. And, you know, I think we're fooling ourselves uh, if we don't acknowledge, just like Houston is extremely segregated in the wards that exist. And if you don't yeah. know that, definitely do the history. Yeah. Uh, you know, of Freedman's Town and the things that exist that continue to perpetuate now, uh, is we, ha- we now have geographic uh, almost separation and segregation in our school systems. When you cross Beltway 8, uh, and there's economic, um, um, an abundance of economic opportunity here in mm-hmm. Pearland, which is what we're trying to work for. And you see it in our school systems. It's why people continue to move here to put their kids in a good quality education, a good, right. safe, a good safe environment. Uh, not to say that other places aren't safe, but Pearland is consistently ranked one of the safest places to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have all these dynamics. So what what every person experiences everywhere can't be summarized as a whole to what each individual experiences in every part of the neighborhood. So what they're experiencing right. in Brooklyn, you know, I, I'm fortunate uh, as a parent, as a husband um, and uh, brother uh, yeah. that, you know, we don't experience these, these things here in Pearland. Uh, that's not to say that they could not and would not happen, but it, it stems from building relationships uh, with people and being comfortable with people who mm-hmm. don't look like you, who don't pray like you, who don't speak like you. And mm-hmm. when you come up in those situations, you begin to know people. And the fears that I think a lot of what we see exist uh, are done away with. And so that's what has come to this campaign immediately after uh, the things started to come up. What we did, what I did personally, uh, was reach out to the Brazoria County NAACP. And rather than protest in the streets, uh, and I'm a person of faith. I'm a man of faith. I teach my men, my my children uh, to mm-hmm. be young men who to trust in God. Uh, and so collectively, uh, we brought all faiths together, Catholic, Christian, Muslim. Uh, we brought police officers together. We brought uh, active uh, um, groups like the uh, Houston Area Urban League, Missouri mm-hmm. Council, ACP, Constable's Office, Chief of Police for Pearland, and residents and anyone else who wanted to join us. And we collectively got together to stand in prayer uh, to pray for not only our nation, uh, but our, our law enforcement officers, the people who are being persecuted, uh, the people who are protesting, and to pray for this this uh, this this nation, our city, yeah. and our community. And, and I think it's really that's that's the leadership that I hope to bring uh, in Pearland is to bring people together, to come together, to understand and, and not say, uh, you know, when people tell me that they're colorblind, mm-hmm. uh, oh, I don't expect you to be colorblind. I want you to see my color, to see that I'm different, but right. to not treat me any differently and to not deny me because of that color. So right. that's, that's, let that's me, what's going 
let me push you on something. Um, and I, I want to go back. Uh, Martin Luther King said, you know, the, the riots is, is the language of the unheard. And you sure. kind of referenced that. Um, and so I think me personally, I think it is a little unfair. It, well, it's a lot of unfair to uh, lump protesters and rioters in together. Uh, but I always try to look at the cause. Um, the effect is 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 um, important to study and figure out, but we have to go to the cause, right? Um, and so with, with us talking about Paraland, um, you also mentioned that, you know, you're fortunate enough that what's happening in Portland is not happening in Pearland. Right. Um, I would, I would, I would put on the floor that I've talked to several people who have not had the best experience with, uh, uh, the Pearland police. Um, even full disclosure, I hope he's okay with it. Even my own, my older brother who, uh, the very first time a, a gun was put to his head was by Pearland police. And I, I say that as not like, oh, my brother wouldn't, wasn't doing anything wrong, but from the story that I've been told, you know, it was just a routine traffic stop that escalated very quickly, um, and by his account, on the hand of the police. So uh, we, what I don't want to do is es escape that police brutality and misconduct couldn't happen in Pearland. And so what I want to know from you as someone running for uh, the mayor, what would you like to see what, that, that would safeguard your citizens um, against police misconduct and what would you also like to see within the police uh department itself for them to essentially police themselves um and what i mean by policing themselves is what, what would you like to see like good cops speaking out against bad cops what if a bad cop does something what type of investigation tools should be activated what what what's your plan and what do you want to see for the city no, and I, I think all of those are, are grounded in, uh, those are really good question, questions, mm -hmm. uh, but fundamentally they're grounded in, um, and to me, and mm -hmm. what I understand is one thing, and it, and it comes down to uh, personal responsibility and our ability to see each other as people. And let mm -hmm. me elaborate on that just a bit. So what people tend to do uh, is to, to associate a cop as being a person, and that's not the case. A cop is a profession, it's a job, that mm -hmm. people, we, we empower people uh, yeah. to uphold and we give them so much responsibility uh, to enforce laws and uphold the laws. Well, right. before any person like you or me gets into any profession or job, we bring to that job any biases or natural tendencies that we normally have. Yeah. And so it, when we're talking about how to treat this, uh, a lot of people are treating it as an after effect and you're trying to, to, to treat the effects rather right. than the cause. Right. And so when we talk about, oh, well, we're going to ban chokeholds, we're going to ban this, we're going to do that. I've had conversations with the police department, the, the assistant chief of police, and they are currently working uh, to that end to be proactive, uh, to, to put forth a policy uh, mm -hmm. that would, uh, to, for lack of a better term, to check themselves, right? Mm -hmm. or as well as uh, to make sure that their practices are in line with what responsible peace officers should be. Now, mm -hmm. that doesn't go that that's going to stop anything, but mm -hmm. in, recent, in recent weeks and months, we've seen uh, the promotion of Officer Davis, uh, mm -hmm. who's a respected officer here in Pearland, and uh, her ability uh, to be in the community uh, and to see and to allow uh, law enforcement officers and people in the community to, to, to interact and and to participate and mm -hmm. i think where it comes from as mayor what i would want to do is to see uh to get officers uh who have grown up in different neighborhoods 
uh, to experience and be involved in organizations uh, and maybe like a basketball league or something like that uh, to be able to interact with people. Because really, before you put on the badge or take off the badge, uh, there's certain things that we that unfortunately exist in our society. And, and that is the, the color, our racial lines, our mm-hmm. religious lines. And it's really engaging people and getting them to participate uh, in a Muslim ter- uh, practice or church service, visiting a mosque, mm-hmm. visiting uh, predominantly African-American churches, right? These are officers. These are what the things I think people should do regardless mm-hmm. of officer or not. Because until we're able to break down the boundaries of fear, we will never see each other as equals and we'll never be able to participate and engage society as human beings. Yeah, uh, okay. I, I, I like that. Might I suggest something as well? Um, in, uh, well, I'm gonna go back to the previous conversation we sure. had and then I'll, I'll implement my suggestion. Um, we talked about, I believe you said some type of community council uh, mm-hmm. that you wanted to implement. I think I saw it on your on your Instagram yes. as well. Yes. That I think the day after we talked, y'all put that out there. So I was like, huh, okay, okay, we're gonna hold him to that. Uh, could you just explain really quickly what that is, that community council in relation to police? Yeah, so no, and and thank you for 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 bringing that up. Uh, part of part of our rollout, uh, what I've just been living here and understanding, you know, we have 64 languages being spoken in some school districts. We have about six school districts within Pearland. And um, as more and more people move here, um, you know, we we talk about diversity, right? Mm-hmm. That's Diversity has become a buzzword. And no one, and in some regards, go anywhere with it other than to use the statistics to attract more people uh, right. to feel comfortable. Well, there's a second piece of being diverse, uh, because we can be diverse and live in our separate silos, but what good does that do? So the second piece of that is inclusion. And as mayor, one of the first things uh, that I want to implement to really uh, bring our city to the 21st century uh, and embrace uh, the, the, I guess, the uh, international presence or our global uh, existence of people is to create a diversity inclusion board. That will include people from the community of different walks of life, faiths, professions uh, to come in and to really guide and help us as leaders make decisions, which which is based on uh, policing. It's also based on economic uh, incentives or economic opportunities uh, for uh, historically underutilized businesses, uh, women business, uh, business own, uh, businesses owned by women. Uh, so all of these things uh, come into play when we talk mm-hmm. about the things that I want to create, which is a diversity inclusion board in, in the city of Pearland. Mm-hmm. And with that diversity inclusion board, I, I heard a lot of different things uh, that the board would essentially assist with. I think when we were talking, uh, well, I know when we were talking, we were mainly talking about um, uh, police oversight or police uh, interaction mm-hmm. with the community. Absolutely. And so I just want to drill down a little bit on that. Um, if this board is implemented, so Houston has done something similar, but it's 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 not as broad as what you're talking about. It's really focused specifically on uh, police interaction in the community. You know, HPD is going through some things right now. Well, no, the community is going through some things with HPD. Let me say yeah. that. Um, But a lot of criticism that that board has received is that the the board really doesn't have any power. Uh, There is no subpoena power. There is no recommendations are our recommendations. Right. Um, There and they can be listened to or they cannot be listened to. And so a lot of people are complaining that they feel like that board really doesn't have teeth um, and that it's more performative than anything else. 
So what I want to ask about, and we'll we'll move on from police after this question, um, with ensuring that you know the citizens of Pearland, because I, I I'm in Pearland, so us in Pearland um, mm-hmm. can have people that we do endow with this power, this police power to protect and serve. Mm-hmm. What 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 are we going to do? And I say we because I'm I'm expecting you to be in leadership if you get the you know the position. What are we going to do to hold them accountable? Will this board have some teeth in it that can actually implement and and assist with making productive policing reforms so that the police officers are safe, but so is the community. Yeah, no, I, I think I think that's a, a viable question. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the only issue that I can't make promises are is that once the board is enacted, mm-hmm. uh, it's up to council to make the decision as to what authority this board would be given. So whether okay. I, and, and so that's that's the only holdup that I, I couldn't make any commitments. Uh, as far as, you know, the, and when you the, say council, you mean city council, correct? So that the governing body would have to decide, uh, at what level of authority they would be given because it has to be written into the charter or some other things. Right. So what, what would be something, obviously we know that would, that would take a vote, but what would be something that you would support that you would say, Hey, I can get behind this for this goal. No, a- absolutely. I mean, so what, what people want to know is transparency. Uh, they want to know what's going on because you know, behind the closed doors with the people that are elected to represent them. Mm-hmm. Uh, with regard specifically to police, I think, um, you know, first it starts with understanding what what the rules and, and what uh, police officers or peace officers are, uh, are, are held to, especially yeah. in the suburb. And, you know, people like myself who have the opportunity to have relationships with people within the police department who are doing some really great things, those things need to be brought out. So that's the yeah. first part. As mayor, that's the one thing that I can do is bring that sort of transparency to the table to lay out the plan that uh, the department puts forth. And then with the buy-in or with the feedback and recommendations from key members in the community uh, to at least modify or, or make recommendations to them, I think that's where it has to start. Uh, because right. you can't, I mean, obviously, you know, you can't build a bridge without materials, but you can't build a bridge unless you know you're going to have somewhere to cross. And first, right. to come together, understand uh, that there, there, there is a, a, um, a, a chasm or a, a gap that we should be able to bridge. And that's, yeah. that's where mayor comes into play. Gotcha. And so just to go back to my suggestion that I said I blew back around to, uh, might I, I, I've recently found out, you know, for cops uh, in general, before they're mm-hmm. hired, they go through this psychological evaluation. Sure. And pretty much that's the only psychological evaluation they go through in their tenure. And so I would I would suggest that that may need to happen twice a year. We might need to find that in the budget um, because we can't deny that being in this profession, there are a lot of risks to this. And I'm and if anybody that knows me, I'm not one to defend the cops like that. But I can identify that there are risks in this profession. And so time and time again, after you have traumatic experiences, I'm coming from a social worker perspective, uh, since that's what my undergrad and master's is in. When we continue to have these traumatic experiences along with our preconceived notions and our biases, that creates a dangerous situation for a person that has been endued or endowed with power and has a gun, technically a license to kill, if you will. And so the the psychological evaluations that they go through upon employment, that might be something that we need to look at um, twice a year to unpack, to see where they are, um, because we don't want to send a mad person on the street with a shield and we never know it. 
Um, so that's just my suggestion. You know, I'll, I'll put that out there. You take it, do whatever you want to do with it. Uh, but I think that that's something really that needs to be implemented nationwide. Um, and so I'd like to I like to press on. Uh, you talk about economic opportunities in Pearland, and Pearland is is one of economic opportunity. Now it's interesting because on one side of Brazoria County, it looks old and dusty, and then <laughs> the closer you get to 288, it's new and it's fresh, and you know all those things. So what is the plan to really expand uh, what's happening along that? 288, 518. Oh, thank you for the construction that we'll get some more lanes. But what is what is the plan to expand what's happening around 288, 518 to the rest of uh, uh, Pearland, which is in Brazoria County? Yeah, no. And so, um, <laughs> you know, I know some people, uh, they, you know, you travel across Pearland. Pearland is, is mm-hmm. uh, um, as opposed to, to wide. And so, a lot of it uh, revolves around uh, Broadway or 518 because it crosses, yes. the, it crosses the entire city. And yeah. when you move from one area to the other, you see a lot of rapid growth, a lot of new development as you go um, into the old town site, which I like mm-hmm. to dub as the historic district. Um, as you, oh, okay. As you, as you it's, closer, it's, it's very historic. Yes, you it is. Historic <laughs> district, uh, you know, there, there is a different appeal. And so I will yeah. tell you personally, I'm from yeah. a small town and Louisiana, and maybe 6,000, 8,000 max people. And that's why I moved to Pearland. I didn't want to live in the city. I wanted oh, okay. a small town charm. I wanted to know neighbors. I mean, that's, and I didn't, it didn't feel intimidating to me. And so there's a large population of people that that is what appeals to them. And I think that's what makes Pearland a really great place to live because you can get, you know, you can get your flavor within the boundaries of the city. And if you want that type of, uh, of hometown atmosphere, you can get mm-hmm. it. If you want something that is more of like a metropolitan area, it's not so mm-hmm. city, you can get it. And I think that's what the charm of Pearland is. And I think we need to recognize that. Uh, so there is a unified mm-hmm. development uh, plan in place, but like any plan uh, that you have, the success of that plan depends on uh, the input. And if you mm-hmm. don't have a broad ranging uh, field of input uh, then your solution is going to be narrow. And, and, and unfortunately, if you don't have elected leaders uh, <laughs> like myself <laughs> in, <laughs> in that position to be able to bring the right people to the table, uh, mm-hmm. then, as they say, insanity is if you keep doing the same thing and expecting yeah. a different result, uh, that's a problem. And so that's why it's time, Quentin. Yes, it hashtag it's time, <laughs> hashtag it's time. Yes, I, w- I would totally agree. Uh, okay, uh, let's talk about um, your actual campaign, because we talked about this last time, too. Sure. This is your second time running for mayor, right? Sure. Yes. Um, and the, I looked at the stats, I looked at the statistics. The last time, uh, obviously, you didn't win, but it wasn't it wasn't like a like a blowout, like a like a Kathleen Wall blowout. Uh, it was, you, you were, you were close, you were close. So tell, talk to us about why, um, that didn't discourage you because I've known some people, uh, you know, I, I have a varied amount of friends who have run and may not have even been blown out again, like Kathleen Wall. Uh, yes, that insert shade. Uh, but (laughs) well you know those commercials were taking me over the edge so you know i'm glad that we decided to rebuke her um but i've seen so many people that will run um and and just like they get rejected you know by the voters and don't want to run again so talk to us about why you chose even though we know it's time 
But what what internally was going on and what mentally was going on to say, I actually do need to do this again, and I am the right person for this position. So, you know, I, I hope this doesn't come off as uh, as cliche or anything, but mm-hmm. um, you know, I've been married for uh, sixteen years, uh-huh. and um, you know, I lean a lot on my faith, uh, but I also lean a lot on my partner, uh, my wife. Uh, I've been knowing her since I was sixteen, and she knows me, and uh, w- really. The motivation is the belief that she has in me uh, to be the role model and to be uh, the leader that our community needs. And so that's really where it started, Uh, because, you know, I'll be honest, anytime you put forth the effort, the energy, the time and the money uh, into an endeavor like running for mayor, it is uh, emotionally draining, financially draining, uh, and and you have to really understand that the, the time invested and to, to, to push forward for something that you don't know if you're going to get. Yeah. Right. Uh, so it, it, it really took a toll as far as those things. I mean, I'm still here standing, uh, but a lot of that is a testament to our, our relationship mm-hmm. and how much she believes that I can be a voice for this community uh, to better this community, to bring us uh, yeah. where we need to be. Uh, so that's part of it. And the other part is that, you know, I came really close. Yeah, you did. I came really close. And so yeah. before the runoff, you know, it was about, you know, this, keep in mind, you know, I, I ran against not just a man, but an institution. He's been here for 30 years yeah. and he's done some really good things. And part of my motivation in doing that uh, was not to disrespect him in any way, was not to uh, to try to pull detractors. Um uh, but it really, I think, was a point in, in time in our community where Pearland has changed. And it yeah. was just I was also uh, inspired by some of the people who believed in me outside of my personal relationship with people in the community that said, you know, uh, we believed in him. But it's time. It's time yeah. for him to pass it on, to move on yeah. uh, to the next to give that to the opportunities to the next generation. So that's where all the motivation came from uh, and a huge support system here at home uh, starting. Yeah. Starting with, uh, you know, my queen. So yo, boo. <laughs> you know, yeah, and that that let me say this: that doesn't sound cliche at all. Uh, that sounds to me. I don't know how the viewers are taking, but that sounds beautiful. I'm mean, all here for the marriage. Shout out to the queen at home. So we, we, <laughs> we, we need we need your backbone right there. Protect her at all costs. Uh, okay, okay, great. So so tell us something. Um, we're gonna we're gonna round out here. Sure. So tell us something. You have two 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 sons. Are they both teenagers or just one? Uh, one is 15 and one is 12. So on the cusp, okay. on the cusp, <laughs> on the cusp. So you're raising, uh, two, I know you, you said a p- person of color. My viewers know I'm not really a fan of person of color. Uh, I like, I like to specifically <laughs> identify people. I do. I just feel like yeah. when we say people of color, I understand the movement and what we're trying to do, sure. but I feel like it diminishes each one of our experiences. And like yeah. you said earlier, like, I want you to see me. I'm black. I'm real yeah. black with black hair. You know, and that's okay, and I like it. So I am, I am a black male. Um, yeah. but so you are raising two black sons. Sure. Uh, what do you tell them about the world? Whether that be, you know, uh, involvement in police, uh, education, uh, just just living, finding their potential queen one day. What is, what is what's some impartation that you're giving to your sons as you're as you're developing and and growing them up? 
so I can tell you that has evolved over time. And, yeah. you know, um, the I'll have to get on get with you on the black versus color another uh -uh. time. That is a that is a deeper totally that is a deeper conversation. It is. Yeah. You have to realize I'm I'm coming from Louisiana and it, it is a different ball game in Louisiana yeah. with that. So in Texas, you know, it's a little bit different. I've I've learned to navigate a little bit differently. But with mm -hmm. my sons, um, you know, it's evolved. Uh there, there was a time where I really tried to raise them and to yeah. not have them not identify as black or, or brown or whatever. Just, hey, I'm an American here, right? And that, that was the, the motivation. But in, in the light of everything that's going on, mm -hmm. uh, we can't escape. We just can't escape our history. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, like I mentioned to you, there's, there's a documentary series called Eyes on the Prize. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I, I, I drowned them in that stuff. Yeah. Uh, just tried to have them fully encapsulated on on the history of the movement in the 50s and the 60s and, and try to educate them as, as to where we as former property yeah property yes. came from and why the experiences of those people uh of people of enslaved people human human trafficking and mm -hmm. economic uh consequences of that in our society how that relates to where we are today so these experiences and, and the fact that they're older and be able to mentally understand that uh, yeah. when we talk and then it, it's 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 completely changed and on top of that you know my wife sits with them and the fears that uh, she has is made we're able to communicate with with them uh, when they walk outside i mean yes we're sheltered in this pearland suburban bubble uh, yeah. but you know that doesn't exist everywhere and you can't control how other people view or see you uh, mm -hmm. so my son you know he walks around this house like uh you know mini apollo creed here he has <laughs> you know he's, he's getting at that age you know no shirt on he wears a hoodie a little yeah. gold chain, right? And and mm -hmm. but when he drip. comes down, yeah, 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 drip, exactly. Right? <laughs> you know, so he comes down. You know, he comes, uh, he walks around us, and the rule is, take the hoodie off, take the hoodie off. And so, you may say, okay, well, that's nothing. No, because I don't want you in a habit of walking outside these protected four walls and yeah. having someone see you other than the beautiful young man, respectable, yeah. God fearing intelligent person that you are because that is how society will judge you yeah. and it's unfortunate but it's the truth when he goes get the mail hoodie off nothing when you go yeah. to school hoodie off and it might seem so trivial uh, but it is the reality that we live in and i want to make yeah. them aware of the world we live in so that's well, that, that's the that's the these are types of conversations that we try to have with them yeah. uh, and they're intelligent enough to know and to perceive and understand and talk to their friends about it yeah. but you know, it brings a different awareness, but they, they still are young, young kids, you know, they want to have fun. And uh, so, you don't, you don't burden them with all the, the burdens of society, but they still right. have to go, right? So. Right. Yeah. No, I don't think the, I don't think the hoodie off is trivial. I mean, I think the hoodie off is coming from the Trayvon Martin uh, killing, you know? Um, so I don't think it's trivial. It's unfortunate that that has to be a conversation. But a conversation, you know, that's being had, I don't think it's trivial at well, all. Not, so not just Trayvon, but more recently, yeah. Ahmad, Aubrey running. Right, running, running. exactly. Austin exactly. runs and trains for soccer. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I mean, don't be fooled. I mean, there's people out here that, you know, they don't know you. Yeah. Don't know you. you don't know them. So you yeah. don't know what people are thinking. And this yeah. is Texas, man. People carry. That part. No. That part. That's a reality. <laughs> that yeah, a reality. That, that's a real reality. Uh, and just that... 
I've thought about that even with the Portland situation, and we won't we won't dig too deep, but I'm gonna say it. <laughs> with, with with I'm like, okay, y'all have sent unmarked <laughs> federal agents there. If you come on down here to Texas, let me put my twang on it. If you roll up on us in some unmarked paramilitary gear, it's likely to be a shootout. Like you like yeah. you can't. So you yeah you went to Portland. I know you did go to Portland. So anyway, we'll we'll move on for that. I don't want to get you in trouble and get no, you wrapped it's, up in that it's one. Fortunate reality <laughs> that we live in a in a potentially the, violent world and yeah. carry weapons of of death in their pocket. Mass destruction. Yes, correct. Uh, with no there's no sense of if ands or buts. Yeah. And fear yeah. the major driving force, which is what gets back to what we talked about. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't want you to be colorblind. I want you to see who I am because exactly. I expect that you treat me no differently than anybody else. Right. While recognizing I'm real well, black. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, OK. So tell one one final question. Um, we, we, we like to be lighthearted here and we want to know something fun about you. We want to know, like, when you're not when you're not working, when you're not raising the kids, when you're not with the queen or or you could be uh, <laughs> or when you're not, you know, uh, 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 running for mayor. What's something fun that you just do? You know, that Quentin enjoys, you know, even if the world was burning uh, all around us, which some might argue it is, what is something that you would just be doing to just relax and have a good time? So, you know, that, again, that, that changes too. Um, I, I think I told you the last time, mm-hmm. uh, I, my, you know, maybe we can get into it again, but I've I wasted a lot of time in my youth with college and a lot of different yeah. things I feel like is wasted. And I'm at a point in my life where I want to consume everything and just consume yeah. everything. So, you know, this might sound boring, but I mean, I, I read a lot. I listen mm-hmm. to audiobooks, but really because of COVID and, and everything now and experiencing the death that is real at our doorsteps, yeah. a little bit of what I've been doing to have fun has changed a bit. Uh, and that's really spent time with my boys. And, you know, they play a lot of video games. And so I try to hop on with them. Um, you know, I try to kick it old school. I'll throw on yeah. some stuff like Mario or, and then because I know I can compete, you know, I don't want to get into Madden. <laughs> I don't want to get into Madden because then it'll just be too real in here. That's, that's, that's not your testimony. <laughs> Madden is not your testimony. <laughs> so so, so it'll, it'll just get really bad in here. But, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I, the, what really gives me joy is now and every, with everything going on, is spending time with them, whether that's yeah. walking in our neighborhood, uh, going for a walk with my wife. I mean, we try to do that more often now. We'll, yeah. you know, we put that three miles in with no problem. We'll walk three yeah. miles, run a little bit, but it's really just spending time with them. I mean, that's that to me. That's what this this whole moment uh, of COVID is all about. Um, you know, and I think with, when you talk about to bring it back to the beginning of the conversation yeah. about George Floyd, I think one of the most interesting things about this moment in time and one phrase that encapsulates everything we're going through is I can't breathe. And that's not particularly our, our, to his uh, killing, but everything that we're, we're experiencing, because the major element of this pandemic mm-hmm. is that it takes away our ability to breathe. Mm. So right now our society is almost suffocating because we're trying to figure out how to cope with whatever it is that we're going through. And yeah. so the other part of me having fun is really just thinking, thinking about yeah. how to make things better, man. That's 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 what I do. So wonderful. Real quick, I gotta ask this one last question. Give me sure. one sentence. First hundred days, you're a mayor. 
what is the one thing you want to enact? What is the very first thing you want to enact for the city? Your prized policy. What is it? This may sound simple, but it's really, um, you know, what I, what I truly enjoy is hearing and understanding the community. And there's no better way to do that uh, than enact um, quarterly town hall meetings. We've got to have those where I can engage with residents all across Pearland. Uh, that's, that's, that's one of the things that I think the easiest thing to do um, is to go and meet people where they are. So that's Quart quarterly town hall meetings. That's, okay. that's the first thing. I mean, that's the, on a basic level. That yeah, has, that's all I ask. First thing, yeah. what's one thing you want to do? Quarterly town hall that's meetings, transparency and talking. Okay, wonderful. Well, I, I, I thank you for uh, chatting with me uh, again in this time of COVID. I'm glad we're, we're able to do it here. Uh, yes. Virtually. Yeah. Um, and yeah, anything that you'd like to leave us with, because I'm going to close us out. Yeah, no, you know, just realize that um, this election is going to be November the 3rd. Early mm -hmm. voting starts two weeks prior. That may change. But the, the fact of the matter is the election is November 3rd. Uh, I'm going to be on the bottom of the ballot at the top of the ticket uh, because of all the other races that are going on. We're going to be I'm going to be there. And so what I really want people to realize is that no matter who you're voting for at the top of the ticket, that every single vote for every single position matters and nothing matters most uh, more or is more important than the people who make decisions mm -hmm. about your lives on a very local level. These are the people that, you know, you can go and talk to them. You'll see right. them in the grocery store. You'll see them out in the gym. When mm -hmm. we go back to them, <laughs> you'll see their kids out in the store in the schools. Right. But mm -hmm. that that's these are the most important positions. And I'd be humbled and honored uh, to serve this community for three years to affect change for the next 20 to 40 years. That's how important it is. And that's why yeah. you need to go out and don't forget about the candidates at the bottom of the ticket. Perfect. Mr. Quentin Wilkes, it's time. It's time. <laughs> it's time for it's you to time. get your. It's time for you to get your grandma. <laughs> it, it's definitely time for me to swing back and get her. I know she probably does, but that's okay. That's okay. They they got her with the wheelchair, so she all right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I I thank you. I thank you again uh, for having this conversation. Um, I thank you all for listening, and I thank you all for watching. Uh, again, this has been the Q with Q with me, Quentin R. Giles, and we will see you next time. Awesome. Fantastic. Bye.